Tonight I want to preach about being steadfast, being steadfast. And if you don't know what that is, it's an anchor. And I tell you, if you've been out on a boat and you don't have an anchor, it can be a scary, <laughs> scary situation. If the waves come and the storms come, you want to have an anchor in your life. So I want to just talk about being steadfast. You know, steadfast means being um, firm, being strong and unwavering, being faithful, okay, being steady and strong. And in the Bible, uh, the Hebrew word for steadfast is kesed, which means it talks about the nature of God and the love of God, that he is steadfast, that he's unchanging. And so when you think about that, um, sometimes we think, you know, the times that we're living in now, it seems that not everyone, but each generation seems to be less steadfast um, when it comes to positive things. And some people would say that, uh, you know, recent generations seem to be more um, short-term, more shallow, more self-centered. I know that you guys aren't, but some of those ones out there are, <laughs> okay? And they're not so steadfast. They're kind of wishy-washy. They're not strong. Um, that there's a, a degree of weakness now that they didn't seem to be there before. Um, sadly, with a lot of young people, they don't have that resilience and the strength that young people in the past had. You know, you know, at the beginning of the, you know first and second world wars and that, there were young people who were strong enough to want to go and fight for their country and lay down their lives. And they steadfastly did that, you know? And that's kind of a courageous thing. They were loyal, they were committed, they were faithful. And someone who's steadfast is someone that you can rely on. You want someone to, that you can rely on and they can be depended upon. You know, you don't want to put your, your hopes or your trust in somebody who is wishy-washy or weak or could change. You want someone who's strong and steadfast, who can go the distance, okay? That they won't give up, that they won't quit, they're solid. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking of someone from the Bible who was very steadfast, and that's Daniel. Daniel. And he was a very young man. He was a young man and he was a captive, um, in a foreign in foreign territory, captive in Babylon, and uh, he and some of his three good friends. There was a group of four: Daniel and three of his good friends, as well as many others who were carried away. They were like the cream of the crop. They were the the you know exceptional people in Israel, and they were taken captive to Babylon to impart their wisdom and their knowledge and their expertise in uh, many areas into that economy then, into the land there. And so uh, Daniel, even though he was a captive there, was steadfast um, in his commitment to the Lord. He wasn't angry at God because he'd been taken from his culture, he'd been taken from his family, he'd been taken away. He continued steadfastly to pray, he continued steadfastly to live what he believed was right. And he, you know, even though they were criticised, uh, even though there was opposition, and even though there was danger, he continued to be steadfast in his faith. And at one point, there was in that uh, land, 
uh, Darius the king, and there were some people who hated the Jews. And they went to the king and said, why don't you just decree that anyone prays to any other god, then they will be punished by death. And so the king thought, yeah, that's a good idea. And so he decreed that anyone who prayed to any other god would suffer the death of being cast into the den of lions, hungry lions, okay? That would be a terrible death. And so he wrote this decree out. It says this, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. So he knows this decree is now law and it cannot be changed. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day. So what did Daniel do when he knew this happened? Was he upset? Was he distraught? Was he disappointed? No, he steadfastly did what he always did. He went home, he knelt down three times that day. He didn't go home and think, you know what? I'm really worried about this. I better protect myself. I better change the way I do things. He didn't. That day it said he prayed and he gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. He was a steadfast believer and he was a steadfast prayer. And even though the law of the land had changed and there was going to be a death penalty on him or anyone who served any other God or prayed to any other God, he still steadfastly did what he always did and honoured God. And as he did that, these people who were um, conspiring against him were watching him. It said, then these men assembled and they found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. They all gathered around his house near his window. They could see him praying. They knew he prayed every day. They knew he was steadfast in that. That's why they wanted to change the laws of the land. And of course, they found him praying. He was steadfast. You know, if somebody came looking for us, would they find us steadfastly praying? Do they find us steadfastly serving the Lord? Or do they find us steadfastly having fun, playing our phones, doing things we shouldn't be doing, wasting our time? What do we do? Sleeping, eating, enjoying. These are all things you can do. But are we steadfastly continuing to serve the Lord? That's the difference, that's the difference. What would they find us doing? Being steadfast or being wishy-washy, okay? And so of course what happened is, they arrested him, they threw him into the lion's den, and of course God was the one who delivered him. The lion's mouths were shut up, and Daniel told the king. The king came and said, Daniel, are you alive? And Daniel said, King, live forever. Yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I've done no wrong before you. You know what Daniel was saying? He didn't say I'm a good guy. He's saying I serve a great God. 
and he's delivered me. I have steadfastly served him and I have steadfastly honoured you too. I've done nothing wrong. I've done nothing wrong. And so, of course, Daniel was vindicated. So what does King Darius do? He said, I'm going to make a decree. He said, I make a decree, another decree. <laughs> I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. <laughs> For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. So this king has done a total turnaround. One moment he's decreeing, you better serve me, you better honour me, you better not pray to any other god. And then suddenly he realises how wrong he was. He actually humbled himself and he wrote another letter, wrote another decree and said, you better serve the God of Daniel. You better honour him because he is steadfast forever. What a powerful, powerful testimony. So that's Daniel. And the same sort of thing happened with three of his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they are under another king, King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar also worships another god or other gods, and he makes this huge idol or image or statue of gold and he wants everybody to bow down and worship that and he said if you don't I'm going to throw you in the fire and this is what Daniel's three friends said they said this to the king well if that's the case you're going to throw us in the fire okay if that's the case our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. How bold, how bold were they? They said, you can throw us in the fire, but it's okay, God will deliver us. Did they know that? Had that happened before? No. But they believed that God will. They steadfastly believed in the delivering power of God. And then they said, but even if he doesn't deliver us, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. They're saying, we steadfastly believe God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're still not going to worship your gods. And of course, they are thrown into the fire. It's turned up seven times hotter, okay? And the king watches. Pretty bloodthirsty kind of king, I think. <laughs> he was watching to see what was happening. Three men are thrown in the midst of the fire. And then all of a sudden, he sees four men. He sees four. And he couldn't believe it. And then he called them out of there. Not only that, he said, get out of there, you guys. He called them out. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar spoke and then he said this. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. He's acknowledging, wow, these guys didn't burn up in the fire. Their God 
sent his angel, it was the form of Christ, the pre-incarnate Christ, delivered them. Why? Because they trusted. They were steadfast in their trust of God. And then he also, these kings love making decrees. Now he's making a decree. He says this, therefore I make a decree that any people, nation or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, so it's saying anybody, anybody who says anything against their God, what will happen to them? They'll be cut in pieces. Yikes. They'll be cut in pieces and their houses should be made an ash heap. We're going to burn down their houses because there's no other God who can deliver like this. Wow. I think I would be convinced, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's pretty, pretty harsh. First of all, he throws them in the fire. Then he threatens everybody else. If you don't worship their God, I'll cut you in pieces and burn down your house. That's pretty dramatic. The point is here that they were steadfast. No matter what they faced, they faced the fire and they were still steadfast. They faced opposition. They faced danger and criticism. They still were steadfast. You know, we face things in our lives and we think it's really a big deal. Sometimes it is. But it, is it as big as that? Are we going to remain steadfast and trust God? Or are we going to think, oh, God doesn't love me anymore. He's blessing them, but he's not blessing me. You know, we think that sometimes. We feel that. It's real. And you know what? You can feel it. But you can still trust God with your spirit. You can still trust God with your heart. You might think these things in your mind. But you can still trust God with your heart. And I want to go through um, a few passages here. You know, I was thinking when King David sinned, when he sinned, he said to the Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a steadfast spirit. Because he knew this wasn't who he really was. It wasn't who he really was. He was a man after God's heart, but he fell because he was in the wrong place, the wrong time, made the wrong decision. But after he repented, he said, I praise you, Lord. My heart is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. He's made that decision. I'm going to continue to follow God. I'm following God. And then he wrote this in Psalm 112. He's talking about the righteous, those who are right with God. It says, will not be afraid of evil tidings. You won't be afraid of bad news. When people say bad things or bad, oh, that's not going to happen. You can't do that. That's not going to happen. Don't be afraid of evil tidings, bad news. Your heart will be steadfast because you trust in the Lord. Trust God. No matter what bad news might come, trust God. Let your heart be steadfast, okay? So he understood. He went through this journey where he shook, where he sinned, when he repented and came back. And he remained steadfast after that. 
What about Jesus? Was he steadfast? Was he steadfast? Look what happened when he was facing going to the cross to die for the sins of the world when he was sinless. It said it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, that means die on the cross, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. He set his face. It's an unusual saying, but you know, sometimes people say, you just got to face it. You just got to face it. And that's exactly what he did. He steadfastly set his face. He thought, you know what? That's what I've got to do. That's my mission. And nothing and no one's going to stop me. Set your face. You know, all of you are believing God for the future, for certain things, okay? Steadfastly set your face towards that and keep going. No matter what you may feel or think, he was probably thinking, you know what, I don't want to die on that cross. It's going to be extremely painful. What's it going to feel like when sin comes on me? What's it going to feel like when I'm separated from my father who I love? You know, we have all these thoughts and feelings, but he set his face and he fulfilled the call of God. So set your face steadfastly. In Romans 12, talks about your heart, set your heart, cling to what is good, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continually, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Continue steadfastly in prayer. If your heart is set on God, you will pray steadfastly. Continue steadfastly, not shaken, but solid in your prayer life. Solid in your prayer life. Set your face, set your heart, and set your mind. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lord. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? We have victory through Jesus. Therefore, because we have victory through him, therefore, he says, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. In other words, be strong because of the victory that comes through him. Be steadfast, immovable. That means unshakable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, sometimes we think, oh, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? This is hard. This is tough. But he says, you know what? You've got the victory through Jesus. So be steadfast. Be unshakable. Be immovable. Whatever you're doing for the Lord is worth it. It's not in vain. It's not in vain. Set your mind, decide, because of Jesus, I'm going to be steadfast. Because of Jesus, I will be immovable. I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Set your mind on these things. You know, there's a picture there 
And this was what the early believers, some of the early believers who were under persecution and they would hide in the catacombs, which was like the underground cemeteries, especially in Rome, when they were being persecuted. And they would have these signs on the wall. They were early Christian symbols to encourage one another, to remain steadfast, to keep your strength, to keep going, to be unmovable. And this was an anchor. See, for most people it's like, oh, a couple of little fish there. But when you look at it, that's a couple of fish and an anchor and a cross. This was a Christian symbol of being steadfast, being strong, putting your trust in the Lord and keep on going during times of great persecution. Great persecution. It's, I just thought that was really interesting. The anchor. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the anchor. Hope is the anchor of our soul. He's our anchor. He's our rock. He's our everything. So setting ourselves steadfastly, we've got to set our eyes as well. The eyes are the window of the soul. You know, what we see really affects us. And in 2 Peter, Peter's warning, this is his warning, he said, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. So he's basically saying, look, you guys are strong, you're steadfast, but be aware of what you look at. Be aware of what you focus on. Because you can be led away. You know, when you see things enough, you can be really affected by it. You know, if you see things in the world, it says the error of the wicked, or the ways of the world. Be careful what you focus on. Set your eyes and watch out for the ways of the world. Be aware so that you don't fall from your steadfastness because of their error, because of their lies. You know, the, the ways of the devil are very cunning. You go, oh, it's not really that bad. You know, everyone's doing it. You know, aren't you a bit of a hypocrite? You know, aren't you a bit judgmental? You need to accept these things. You know, you're starting to see things now that are shocking, shocking. You know, I saw something in the newspaper yesterday, I just looked at it, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I could, I'm even seeing that in the newspaper. And I immediately closed it because I don't want to look at it. It's disgusting and ungodly and I don't want to look at it. And I'm not going to believe it, I'm not going to be receiving it. I'm not going to accept those things because it is so ungodly. Okay? So what is the answer here for them, for us? To not fall from our steadfastness, it's this, grow in the grace. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Grow in the Lord. Pray. Read the Word. Come to church. Tithe. Offer. Serve. Give. Give the Lord your time. Commit to Him. Okay? Commit to the Lord and grow. Grow in the grace. Grace comes from Him. But knowledge of the Lord comes from us. Spending time. You get to know somebody when you spend time with them. It's as simple as that. 
The grace comes from Him. The knowledge of Him comes from us spending time with Him. It's not that difficult to be steadfast. Okay? It's not that difficult. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given us the victory. Therefore, we can be steadfast. You give us the grace. Therefore, we can be steadfast. You give us opportunity to have intimate knowledge of you, to have access to you, to be so close to you. Lord, you speak to us. You speak to us clearly in our hearts, in our minds, in our ears. Lord, you speak to us. Lord, you don't just watch us go through the fire. You are in the midst of the fire, just like you were with the three friends of Daniel. We thank you that you were with Daniel in the lion's den. Whatever we are going through, Lord, we can remain steadfast because you are there with us. And you are there and you are trustworthy. Lord, we just thank you that we will not fall from our steadfastness, but we will grow in grace and we will grow in the knowledge of you. Lord, we set our hearts, we set our minds, we set our face towards your purposes and remain steadfast because of you. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. It's a song. We're planning to sing it. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Amen. Hallelujah. Have an awesome week, everyone. Say hi to someone. Hey, Chris. <laughs> Bye, everyone online. If anyone needs prayer, I want to pray with you. Hallelujah.